This is CES Tech Talk. I'm James Kotecki, bringing you a special episode from day one of CES 2023 in Las Vegas. We convened a panel of media makers to share what they're seeing at the show. Enjoy these insights direct from the heart of the world's most influential tech event. Good afternoon, everyone. How are we doing? Oh, we can do better than that. Come on, it's the first day of CES. We gotta be excited, right? Okay, excited to sit down for a little bit? Yes. <laughs> perfect, perfect. Well, we are excited to be with you today. My name is Melissa Harrison. I'm the Vice President of Communications at CTA, and I have an amazing panel with me today of media reporters who are joining us for the first time at CES. And I am really excited. Please join me in welcoming um, Jill Man Malandrino from Trade Talks with NASDAQ. We also have Philip Athey with us from the National Journal. And last but not least, we have Rebecca Clark with us from The Hill. So welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank yeah. you. Lovely round of applause. <laughs> um, in addition to uh, everyone in the audience today, we're also doing this as a special taping of our podcast, um, Tech Talk. So this will be available later um, for everyone to, to download and listen to. So. I felt like we had a plan of what we were going to talk about today. Um, and then we realized that we're all really thankful. Two of our journalists today and myself um, are based in the Washington, D.C. area. And if you've been following what's happening um, in Washington, we are really thankful to be here in Las Vegas. So I felt like we had to start our first question with the elephant in the room, which is we do not have a Speaker of the House. Um, and we do not have, um, actually, I guess, any technical members of the House. Um, so, I would love to know from Rebecca and Philip, what are you guys thinking and what does this mean for, I don't know, potential tech policy conversations moving forward? Uh, well, uh, speaker's vote is normally the easiest vote in Congress and for the first time in 100 years it's failed um, and there's no real, no one really knows what's going to happen next. So that's going to be pretty interesting. Um, with the split Congress, New tech regulations were always going to be pretty difficult uh, to come about. Um, even when there's consensus, there's enough slight differences between what Democrats and Republicans feel about data privacy protections and stuff like that that likely not a, a comprehensive bill is likely not, never to come out of the next two years. Um, I think the interesting look is the budget. Um, if uh, there's continuing resolutions, if there's uh, Government shutdowns would seem more and more likely uh, as this continues. Um, that's going to be pretty devastating for uh, federal and tech investment that you know just got a huge boost with the Chips and Science Act. So uh, that's probably not looking too great over the next two years. Rebecca, you're at a publication actually called The Hill. Um, so how are your colleagues holding up this week? What are you thinking? Yeah, um, I can't say that I'm uh, you know, sad to be missing uh, all the, the action there, and my colleagues are doing a great job covering it. I would agree with what um, you know, Philip is saying, is that it's, it's probably not a great sign in terms of um, unity or what they might be able to get done in the next couple of years. Um, I think uh, what I'll be looking for um, when and if they do have a successful speaker vote is, you know, seeing the breakdown of committees and, um, you know, like you were mentioning, I think it'll be hard for them to get 
any bills through um, with the split Congress, but sort of seeing the scope of how the House may approach different investigations or, you know, approach certain hot button issues like content moderation, um, depending on who ends up being speaker and how those committees break down, I think could be um, a point that's interesting in terms of tech companies and, and how tech executives are viewed in Congress. So you guys do have some overlap in your coverage areas, but some of it is different, but you're all doing this for the first time. So Jill, how did you prepare? And like, it's day one. What have you seen? What have you heard? What's, what's surprised you thus far? I'm surprised by the amount of people that are here and just <laughs> how overwhelming it is to be covering your first CES. But what's interesting about it is the diversity of the content and the diversity of the speakers that's joining our show. Um, and, and that's pretty typical of what we do at, at NASDAQ Trade Talks. I mean, clearly capital markets is a focus of our coverage and that includes all asset classes, including digital assets. But because we are a technology company at heart, we do cover all the different subsectors of technology. Um, and so a lot of the themes that are emerging here or a lot of what we cover from day to day. So, you know, when you think of NASDAQ, the first thing that comes to mind is an exchange, capital markets, but when you think of us more holistically, we are the ones listing these companies. We are the ones partnering with these companies as clients, whether they're leveraging our investor relation resources or our data resources or our indexing resources. Um, so, you know, whether we're touching the capital markets, their core businesses or their partners or clients of ours, we really do run the gamut of everything that touches technology, particularly cloud, AI, and cybersecurity, of course. So out of all the things you just mentioned, have you had any good conversations about those yet? Cybersecurity is always going to be front and center, um, and of course, data privacy and how data is being um, accessed and so forth. But I think the most interesting and pleasant surprise to me is I've really started to cover ag tech and climate tech. Um, in fact, we've launched new indexes around what's happening within the climate space um, because the, the growth story is really interesting there. But I had um, the CEO of Lumo, which uh, leverages irrigation technology to um, improve water sustainability. And him and I were talking off camera, and I've also heard this on network as well, CNBC was reporting on this, just like what John Deere is doing. What we're hearing other companies like GE, like Honeywell, your major industrial conglomerates that are really focusing on their technology and innovation story. So I think it's really nice to see not what you think in terms of core sectors being represented, but um, traditional sectors and, and really seeing how the tech stack applies to um, every industry, not just what we would traditionally think of as technology. Well, Philip, I know that you, you've seen some stuff as well. I know you were here yesterday for conference programming. Uh, yeah, I, I think some of the interesting stuff that I, I've been looking at is the, the health tech side of things, um, kind of taking telehealth from just a counseling thing to actually measuring, uh, you know, health vitals in the home or, you know, other ways of doing that, um, getting people out of hospital beds quicker, uh, stuff like that. I mean, that's all pretty interesting. Um, coming from a congressional policy side of it, I'm also looking at the data privacy end of things. Um, that's you know, going to be what the members of Congress are going to be looking at, you know, how can we do this safely? How can we regulate this? Um, so to ensure that people's health data isn't being sold the same way their location data is, you know, being thrown around uh, quite often. Um, that's been particularly important uh, since uh, Roe v. Wade was overturned. Um, that's kind of been a, you know, big deal. There's a, Sarah Jacobs has a, a, a health specific data bill out there that isn't going to go anywhere, but it's there. Uh, so it's, uh, it's, it's something that members of Congress are looking at, so it's going to be interesting to see on this side of thing where the tech is going in, in kind of, you know, 10 years from now when, when Congress finally starts looking at regulating this stuff again, uh, 
what they're going to be looking at. Rebecca, I know we talked about we're averaging like six miles of walking a day. So um, what have you seen in the six miles that you've walked the last couple of days? Yeah, I mean, I think it's exciting, especially coming from sort of the cynical DC world <laughs> here. I feel like we talk a lot about, um, you know, technology in DC and sort of these negative terms or in, you know, what's happening and the concerns. So it's really exciting just actually seeing the innovations and seeing what companies are doing and that potential. And I think, you know, even in the conference um, programming and in the talks, I think just being in that environment sort of changes the scope of the conversations and in the way that, um, you know, people are, are talking about these issues and concerns. Uh, yeah, so it's been really exciting just to sort of see that innovation and, and where things are, are going. So here's a really important question for other reporters who would like to come to CES. How did you convince your editors or producers to let you come? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, since I'm not from a traditional media company, we kind of think of it through the lens, okay, what does it mean for Marcoms? How do we represent NASDAQ within this space? So I had to do a lot of convincing with the marketing teams, <laughs> which is kind of you know, how, how media operates at a, at a company that's not traditional media. Um, but as we all know, content is king, right? right. Regardless right. Of, of what vertical that you're working in. And again, you know, since we are the technology company that powers capital markets, and it, it's not just about finance, but what we're seeing in AI cloud. I mean, you know, we're moving our exchanges to the cloud. Um, and, and of course, what we're seeing with artificial intelligence and machine learning and, and how big data um, is being worked through the entire stack. So it tells a story for itself, and, and that certainly helped me right. um, convince it. And of course, you know, we have such a tremendous partnership with right. CTA, CTA is, does the research for, I believe it's 12 or 14 of our indexes, and they do focus on AI cloud and cybersecurity. So th there's a, a number of relationships through the, the NASDAQ organization where it just makes sense for us to have a, a presence with myself, my show, and of course, our CEO, Dana Friedman, who's doing one of the keynotes. Yeah, this is probably our time to pitch the Great Minds session that's tomorrow morning between Adina and Gary uh, Shapiro, our CEO, which is going to be um, fabulous. There's a reason why it's called Great Minds. Those two on stage together is going to be really, really terrific. So, Rebecca or Philip? Yeah, for me, I kind of really played on that cynical side of things. Um, most of my <laughs> interactions with big tech companies are... So DC of you. Yeah, ...is uh, when they're being, getting in fights with members of Congress or when they're being you know, you know, hauled before hearings and stuff like that. Um, so I kind of just pitched this as, you know, this is a way to get proactive. This is the way to kind of get a little bit more of an idea of the other side of, uh, of where these companies are going, coming from, what their aims are, and, and where the tech will be, you know, five, ten years from now, you know, again, when Congress starts to... That's, that's kind of the delay they have is, you know, something happens out there for a while and then, you know, they, they figure out what's going on. Um, so it's a way to kind of get ahead of that. And that's, you know, what we talked about. And Rebecca? Yeah, I would say the same sort of just getting that access to companies and, and not just the, the brand name companies that we know, but also a lot of startups or other companies that are sort of important in that conversation. Um, I also attended last year, CTA does CES on the Hill, mm -hmm. um, which is on a much smaller scale. <laughs> but Thankfully, I don't know that we could do two of these a year. <laughs> yeah, but, um, and that was really, really nice to attend, and that was sort of my first foray into hearing about it, and actually was talking to one congressman at that event who just went through like a bullet list of reasons of coming to CES, and he was like, that's your reasons to give your editor, and I was like, I will make a mental note of that. Um, so that was also a helpful tool. 
I would love to follow on something that Philip had brought yeah. up before in terms of a trend that he noticed, and you had mentioned health tech, which is also another area of coverage that we have, and AARP yeah. has a big presence here. So when you think about accessibility, when you think about healthcare, you know, we have to recognize that one of the largest demographics are people who are aging into retirement, right? So you want to follow the money, of course. There's always going to be right. an economic reason behind it, but um, folks such as my parents, age you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, they are they understand digital. They understand apps. They, they right. understand um, that it makes life a, a bit more efficient. And I, I think you're only going to continue to see that category grow because not only are they such a large demographic, but then you have digital natives that are eventually going right. to go through their life cycle. Because as well. we're all getting older, unfortunately. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> I read something really interesting um, from another reporter. It was on Twitter, and he's turning 32, and he asked someone. He asked a bunch of people in their 90s. What's, you know, what are some life lessons? And one person had said, there's aches and pains with getting older, but it's better than the alternative. So, <laughs> anyway, so it goes back to the, the health tech point that um, it's a category that's never really going to phase out. So did you guys make a plan before you came here? And has it survived first contact with the show? Rebecca, you want to go first? Sure. I would say that I did have a plan. Um, and I think once you get here, you realize just the scale of it is so massive um, that you kind of have to really prioritize certain things over other things. Um, and I think also just, you know, you meet certain people that will sort of throw off your schedule a bit too. Um, so I think just coming in and sort of being flexible with that has been really important. Yeah. Philip? Yeah, I think the same. I mean, kind of my written out schedule was, you know, had me jumping from here to the Aria to the Venetian within like five minutes and that's just not reasonable. Uh, so kind of <laughs> adjust, you know, make adjustments, you know, figure out, okay, what's, okay, this panel's going to be online, so I'll just watch that later and, and kind of, you know, get that, so, um, but it's, yeah, there's just so much going on here that it's, it's hard to have any real plan until you get on the ground and, and see the, the, the exact scale. And Jill, you're, you're actually, like, going live every 15 minutes? Yes, yeah, so we, <laughs> we are producing today, and Friday we're in the West Hall, um, where the EV activations are taking place, which is super cool. Um, and we're producing every 10, from 10 to 5 every 20 minutes, so it's an aggressive schedule, but for those of us that are in media, I mean, pivoting is part of the job. You don't learn that in college, you don't learn it, you know, <laughs> it it's until the day you retire, you're just learning new tactics um, in terms of pivoting. So... Our strategy, you know, building out the schedule is the hardest part, and there's always yeah. last minute cancellations or adjustments or people are running around, didn't realize how long it takes to get from here to there, but um, really trying to broaden out the categories because, I mean, you could spend all day focusing on what's happening in, in meta and gaming or what's happening in EV or health tech. Um, so really trying to broaden out yeah. um, what's there. I, I also love having reporters on the show just to get like a, a different yeah, um, yeah. perspective. Of course, we had... Um, a couple of NASDAQ folks on, we'll have CTA on. Um, I, I just love always getting that background of like, pull back the curtain and this is what it actually takes to put on an activation <laughs> like this. But I think, you know, really broadening out the schedule and, you know, we were talking before in the green room, oh, I have to moderate a panel and you just, you figure it out. That's you right. You just have to figure things out. I think that being flexible and as nimble as possible while you're here is probably the recipe for success because nothing ever goes exactly as planned. Um, so from a, either the show floor or conference programming, is there anything that's sort of at the top of your list that you want to see or hear while you're here? Whoever wants to go first. Sure. I'm excited um, tomorrow to hear senators that are coming in talk about their priorities. Um, and I'm sure they will also take the opportunity to dunk on their house colleagues, likely. Um, <laughs> but to hear their priorities. And I think just 
you know, something about getting out of that cynical DC atmosphere and, and being here and, and seeing all the innovation, sort of seeing where that takes their, their minds and their thinking as they head back um, to DC as well. I th what's really interesting is Senator Rosen, you know, this is her home state, but she actually used to exhibit here um, prior to becoming United States Senator. So she has really interesting stories to tell about CES. So I'm giving you a hot tip. Philip, go ahead. Uh, yeah, uh, not to you know be boring, but it's the same. It's uh, kind of looking at what their priorities are, especially as things are evolving in the house uh, or devolving, um, however you want to say it. Um, but yeah, it's going to be looking at what the lawmakers have to say about what their priorities for the next two years are going to be. Great. Jill? Yeah, I would say, well, now that I know what I know, next year I'll definitely build in another day just to simply look at all the activations. There's so much great stuff going on. So, you know, my first thought was I love what's happening with gaming in the metaverse, particularly in media and reporting. We might be reporting as another vertical within the metaverse one day. In fact, I mean, we did, I think it was a NASDAQ, it was an opening bell, not a closing bell, but we did an opening bell in the metaverse. So who's to say that it's not right. another distribution channel, right? And because the metaverse is basically content created by content creators, right? So that's one thing I was really um, excited to see. I saw the um, Sony uh, keynote last night which was really cool. I mean, what they're doing um, with production is just absolutely mind-blowing, but um, you, can, you can spend a day in each hall and learn and see new things. But to you know, both your points, it is nice to come to a conference where it's forward-looking and it's, it's positive. It's a little bit different than like going to a market structure conference, right? <laughs> where there's, you know, everyone has a certain side and opinion, but to come here and there is a future and, and there is, we're sitting right in front of LG, life's good. Like, right. There are positive <laughs> things to focus on and, and that's what's refreshing with this. Yeah, and I think it's interesting with our theme, you know, this year, it, it's nice to be thinking about how tech is, you know, good for the world and the work that tech is doing and sustainability and other things. So, I, it's, yeah, you can't, I don't, I don't think you can come here and not have a smile on your face. It's a pretty exciting yeah. um, time in, in technology and in the industry. Um, if you guys had any advice to give other reporters, now that we are three quarters of the way through day one, what would it be? Rebecca, you wanna go first? Sure, I would say, um, like you're talking about being flexible, um, I think is, is really key because I just, yeah, I think the plans that you make are really not gonna um, go the way that you <laughs> had planned for them to be. And I think also, you know, having a good line of communication with, you know, editors or whoever it is that you're you're working with so that they have sort of an idea of what you're what you're doing and what you're seeing, I think is is really helpful as you're sort of I think you can get wrapped up in thinking everything is is so exciting and noteworthy and really having that sort of scope of them being like, okay, here's what to focus on is helpful. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean I think just kinda stay calm just take things you know one at a time you're not going to get to everything that's okay um it's it's impossible um and just kind of accepting that do what you can do and do you know focus on that and, and making sure you're you do those things to the best instead of overextending yourself and not really kind of coming away with anything interesting yeah it's hard everyone asked me leading into this what are you most excited about and i kept saying everything <laughs> because it was like the worst feeling of having to pick your favorite child. You're like, no, everything that's going to happen is going to be the most amazing thing you see in 2023. <laughs> like, Jill, what about you? I would say diversification of content is really key. Um, and for you know what you guys cover, it's so interesting because you bring a different perspective than something that I do. So you can take a look at health tech companies. You can take a look at you know what's happening with digital media law and policy and how it applies to the metaverse, for example. So you can bring in those angles. Um, 
more tactfully than I can. So I, I think really diversifying your content and, and finding a way to leverage where your area of expertise is to provide more background um, in a, a very objective way is um, what's so refreshing about covering this. But I, I would definitely, I'd like a little bit more runway next year and, and really focusing on diversification is what I think makes the content interesting. Year two is always easier. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so we're, we're about to wrap up, but I would love, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this to the reporters. It's also fun being on the other side of asking the questions with all the reporters. I'm usually the one answering their questions. Um, if you could pick one word to describe your coverage of CES or what you're hoping to get out of it, can you narrow it down to one or two? I'll give you two. Comprehensive and diversified. Forward-looking. Love it. Uh, authentic and sort uh -huh. of a like, personal angle. I love it. Um, Jill, Philip, Rebecca, thank you so much for joining us today on um, Tech Talk. We are so thrilled to have you here. I hope you have a great show. And thanks to everybody who joined us in the audience. We also hope you have a great show. Thanks, everyone. Take care. Have a good day. Thank you. Well, that's our show. Thanks for listening. You've just downloaded the latest insights from CES 2023 into your brain. But of course, there's always more tech to talk about, and we have more coming your way from Las Vegas. Please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss a moment. You can get even more CES at ces.tech. That's C-E-S dot T-E-C-H. Our show is produced by Nicole Vitovich with Mason Manuel and Kristen Miller edited by Third Spoon with our lead audio engineer, Andrew Lin. I'm James Kotecki, Talking Tech on CES Tech Talk.